Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, June 17th, 2021. I am Graham Gisa Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and having a great week. I will say right out of the gate here that the audio quality for the intro and outro for today's show is going to sound a bit different than the interview portion of today's show and the conversation between myself and Mr. Marceau a little bit later on. Um, That's because I'm recording this on my phone, and the audio quality of the iPhones now is so great that I could see people doing podcasts on their phone if they wanted to. Um, I normally don't. Usually I use my microphone, and that's exactly what I use for the interview portion and the conversation portion of today's show. Um, But due to some audio issues and whatever else, I'm just recording the intro and outro separately here on my iPhone, which is why it sounds different. But you're not going to have that issue when you listen to my exclusive interview, the all-new million-dollar champion, L.A. Knight. Yeah! We had the chance to chat with the new Million Dollar Champ on Monday, immediately following his Million Dollar Championship victory at NXT TakeOver in your house, which was a uh, a solid show, as Mr. Marceau and myself will discuss a little bit later on. But he emerged as a new champion, and we have an all-new exclusive conversation with the new Million Dollar Champion here on today's show, discussing the title win, working with Ted DiBiase, his current feud with Cameron Grimes, and his journey back to NXT. Because I actually had a chance to interview... L.A. Knight when he was formerly known as Eli Drake about four years ago, and it's crazy to think it's been that long, but we chatted once before uh, four years ago when he was still Eli Drake right before he won the Impact World Championship, which was at that point like the Global Force Championship or some crap like that. Um, he was a great conversation then. This was about half the time. But it was still a lot of fun talking with him. So if you want to check out that original interview I did with Eli, you can go back here in the archives on the show. I believe I put it up in like late 2017, August, September of 2017. It's also up on my YouTube channel on the uh, interviews playlist at uh, youtube.com backslash Graham Gisa Matthews. So we talk all about that stuff, his journey back to NXT, um, his entrance music, which I'm a big fan of. So you're going to hear that exclusive interview today, next week here on the show, as far as exclusive interviews are concerned. we got a, a number of uh, interviews lined up for the coming weeks. Next week, it's the potentially next Raw Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. Uh, She's going for the gold on Sunday at Hell in the Cell. We had a chance to chat with Charlotte on Wednesday. The article went up and the audio went up on my YouTube channel, which is where you can always hear these interviews first before they go live here on the show. Um, It went up live in article form over on Bleach Report this morning as I record this. The LNA one, by the way, you can read over on DailyDDT.com. DailyDDT.com, that is. Um, That went live on Wednesday. But yeah, the Charlotte interview was awesome. She is just incredibly nice. And this is not a stretch. I am not bullshitting when I say she just might be one of the nicest people I've ever interviewed. Like, she is awesome. She was a lot of fun to talk to. So um, that interview is going to be dropping here on the show next Thursday. Again, if you want to listen to it before then, just head on over to my YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel, youtube.com backslash Graham GSM Matthews. Um, you can get interviews every time they're uploaded. If you subscribe and like the videos, comment, share them, anything else, um, hit the bell button to be notified every time a new video goes up. But as far as WrestleRant Radio is concerned, if you don't want to head on over to YouTube, you can always listen to that interview right here on the show next week between myself and Charlotte Flair. And as I mentioned earlier, Mr. Marcel was also on tap for today's show, per usual, helping me break down NXT TakeOver in your house and previewing Hell in a Cell for this coming Sunday. So without further ado, enjoy my exclusive interview with the all-new million-dollar champion, L.A. Knight. Hey, L.A., how you doing, man? What's going on, dude? So, obviously, coming off of last night's ladder match, you're the new million-dollar champion, general question, but what are your first thoughts coming off the win? Well, I, I mean, you, you're talking about a legendary title, um, you know, about 30-year history and a very short list of guys that have held it, and uh, two of them that really stick out to me, obviously, Ted DiBiase 
and Steve Austin. So uh, it's crazy now to be on that short list. Uh, it's crazy now to be holding the actual 100% authentic, legitimate million-dollar championship that was created so long ago in 
too many of those in my career, but uh, if need be, I will adapt and I will make it work as it did last night. Absolutely, and it was a great match to boot. But kind of going back a little bit to what you mentioned earlier, being back in NXT, you came back only a few short months ago, now the Million Dollar Champion, which is awesome. Uh, why now? Why come back to NXT now? You really could have come back, as you said in various other interviews before. You could have come back at any other point in the last couple of years after leaving NXT five, six, seven years ago. What made yep. 2021 the time for LA Knight to resurface in NXT? Well, I mean, I, you got a lot of different circumstances at play there mm-hmm. because uh, my intention uh, a few different times was to come back a few years ago. Um, and and for different reasons, personal reasons, is that whatever, I had to stay put where I was. Uh, and eventually when the time was right, which ended up being uh, this year, uh, I, I just felt like, you know what, now's the time to either, uh, uh, well, I guess I can't say that, but uh, <laughs> now's the time to... You know, basically, uh, shoot my shot. Yeah. Um, so, it, there comes a point where it's just like, I know I'm at my physical prime, mm-hmm. but some people see a certain age and they're like, I don't know, but yeah. until you see me, until you see what I can do, how I move, brother, you, like, it, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Um, so, so with that in mind though it's like all right well, well while while things going as well as they are and i'm feeling as good as i am and i'm looking as good as i am let's get this ball rolling yeah um and so rolling in this time was just i'm gonna come in i'm gonna make a whole hell of a lot of noise i'm gonna make you listen to me you might not like it uh but we're gonna get the show on the road so for you, it was always more a matter of when than not if you would be back in NXT. Because you said you wanted to be back a few years ago. We're seeing you back now. It was more really more a matter of when it felt right for you when everything kind of lined up, right? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, a lot of it's a matter of just uh, timing. Sure. Um, different communications, stuff like that. What, what I had going on either personally or professionally or what was going on in different landscapes of, uh, of NXT or elsewhere. Um, and, and just kind of figuring that out and, and kind of picking the spots. So, um, like I said, now it was just, it, it, it fits all the criteria. It fit everything just perfectly to where I could walk in and wear this like a glove. Yeah, and now it just makes sense. And it's cool, too. I'm a big believer of like everything happening for a reason. I think you coming back in 2021 is perfect because do you feel like now in 2021 you're more of a complete performer now than you would have been, let's say, if you came in 2019 or 2017? I feel like now might be the best time for you to be in NXT with everything you've achieved with everything you've achieved over the last couple of years alone. Man, I, you know, my, I, I can't answer that, you know, because there's sometimes where I'm like, man, my peak might have been in 2012. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, my might have been in 2017. Then I'm like, <laughs> oh, my peak might have been in 2019. Yeah. And then, you know, when you really think about it, you start looking back at the business and, and how this particular business works. This is a very mental game. And it, it's also a very physical game. Obviously, your body has to hold up, but I take very good care of my body. With that in mind, the mental aspects of this game, uh, you only get better mm-hmm. as you to go i mean obviously within within limit there, there's a there's a bell curve to that um but as far as you know in in a sense of where i am right now as the years go by the, the psychology of the whole thing only gets better mm-hmm. so I, I don't know am i at my peak now i might be but i honestly won't be able to say that until a few years down the road where i can look back at this stuff objectively and be like Man, I was absolutely killing it compared to any other time in my career. Who knows? Yeah. No, it's hard to say until it's all kind of said and done. With that being said, being back in NXT now, are you still residing out of California, or have you had to re- kind of locate to Florida too now? No, I'm. I'm I, I, here's the funny thing. I was actually looking to move out of California, uh, what, uh, last summer. Really? Okay. And then uh, this kind of just presented itself at the right time to where it was like, okay, well, Florida will work. It's, it's, it's similar-ish enough <laughs> weather. At least there's no winter, at least. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So, so now we're uh, down here in Florida, which is, uh, I dig. It's good. I mm-hmm. mean, you get a little bit of rain from time to time, but it's cool. 
Yeah, not bad weather in Florida. But uh, that being said, too, kind of coming back to NXT, someone whose journey I think kind of closely resembles yours is Drew McIntyre, someone you kind of came up with a number of years ago. He came back to NXT, won the NXT championship, obviously a two-time WWE champion as of last year. Um, Is that someone you kind of look to as someone not following in his footsteps, because it's your own journey, obviously, but someone you've kind of either talked to or like looked at as like, okay, if he can make it back and reinvent himself and have success here, then I can too. Oh, sure, because, I mean, you know, he, he kind of did the same thing that I did, and, and I would even venture to say that maybe on a uh, slightly broader scale than mm-hmm. I did. Like, when he left, honestly, he had more name value than he did when I left the first time. But with that, he was able to go out and completely just prove himself beyond a shadow of a doubt that he belongs, you know, in, mm-hmm. in top tiers of the business. And so when the time was right for him, he made that return. And now he's, you know, killing it up there. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was kind of the same thing. Without having as big a name, it was just kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to find my spots where I fit in and make the most of those spots and prove that I also belong in the top tier of this. And uh, for a long time, I've just been uh, loving the stuff that I'm doing, but hating that nobody was seeing it. Yeah. So all I craved was the bigger stage of WWE, NXT, all of that to where it's like, man, if I'm going to be doing great stuff, like I need, I need it to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's the, uh, <laughs> the you know, the, the, the attention starved personalities all of us wrestlers, I guess, have or whatever. But it's just like, man, like, I don't want to do this for nobody. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want everybody to, to see this, know this, and then they can decide for themselves, wow, is this guy, you know, one of the greats of now, one of the greats of this, whatever. Look, it's 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 very ambitious, but if my name in the future can come up in that conversation of one of the greats of all time, I know people are like, oh, that's crazy, who's this guy I think he is? <laughs> but look, in my mind, if you're not aiming for that, I don't know what you're doing here. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's cool, too, seeing you back in NXT after several years. I mean, obviously, the first time you were on, you weren't really a regular on the show as you are now. But when you come back to NXT, there's a lot of people that are obviously... I mean, I worked some of the uh, some of the local loops in Florida, yeah. and I, I think a lumberjack who... Uh, NXT 200. Yeah, um, from Neville and um, Bo Dallas, right? Yeah, I yeah. ended up uh, costing Neville the match there, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I kind of went unmentioned for the most part. Yeah. No, but you were on the show. If people go back on Peacock and watch the old shows, you're obviously, you're definitely on there at various points. But, you know, being back now, not only are there still people, obviously, behind the scenes and in front of the camera that are still in NXT, but there's a lot of other people that you've worked with in various other promotions. Obviously, Stu Bennett being one of them, he was clearly stoked. Um, And, you know, seeing you back in NXT, is it like a first day of school type vibe or is it like a reunion seeing a lot of the people you haven't worked with in a while? It's both because, and that's the thing is like one of the one of the hardest challenges, I guess you could say, for me in a lot of locker rooms coming up through my career is people just not liking me. Yep. Because I'm, I stay to myself and I'm quiet. If I don't know you, I'll say hello and I'll just let you do your thing. Because I, I, as far as I can tell, if you're not trying to talk to me, you probably don't want to talk. To me. So I'll just come say hello and I'll go off and do my own thing. But now it's like I've been around enough. And I've crossed paths with enough of these guys and girls where it's like, we know each other. Now I can come in and it's the reunion. Are there some faces that I don't know and who don't know me? Absolutely. So now you got the first day of school vibe. So it, it's a little of both, but it makes it so much easier when you got that reunion vibe. Because mm-hmm. now it's like, all right, <laughs> at least now it's like, oh no, the, this guy, he might seem like a jerk, but uh, <laughs> he's fine. Yeah, no, exactly. That helps. Last question for you, man. I got to ask, the, que- the, the the music is great. The entrance music is great. Got that California love, Dr. Dre, GTA vibes, people have said. Hey, now. Yeah, so that was obviously intentional, right? Talk me through that a little bit. Well, so, okay. So, um, uh, it, it was a somewhat collaborative effort. Obviously, I wasn't in the studio, although I would have loved to have been yeah. because I'm, I'm so hands-on with that stuff. I, so... At Impact, I, I'm oh, I'm sorry. Can I mention your name? I don't know. But I, I made my own music. I made my own music before. Yep. Uh, I would say it almost even when I was just on the Indies. 
like every promotion I've worked at before in the last 10 years, I I would always make my own. Even if I took like an actual song that already existed, I would take that and remix it in some way with my own flavor on it. But but I've actually like made from scratch with a keyboard and garage band and all that stuff. So that was kind of the uh, inspiration where I was like, hey, can you make me something kind of like this? And it had kind of a, a little bit of a West Coast hip hop feeling to it with also a little bit of a rock kind of feel to mm-hmm. it or like rock or metal kind of feel to it. But more just the overwhelming vibe was definitely West Coast hip hop. And so when I sent that over, what I got back is what you hear now. And uh, I'm, I'm totally cool with it. It's a great song. Fits you perfectly, man. But you are the new million dollar champion. Congrats on the win last night. Best of luck in the future, dude. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, been a great pleasure. For sure, man. Thanks. Big thanks once again to L.A. Knight for the time. I had a lot of fun chatting with him. Um, he did kind of have to rush it there at the end. I did have more questions about whatever. But um, we kind of had to rush it there. He had more interviews to do on Monday. I mean, he is the new million dollar champion. I guess I should not have been surprised. But he was great for the time that we had him. And now with all that being said, let's head on over now to my conversation with Mr. Marceau breaking down takeover in your house, talking hell in a cell, AEW, and everything else in between. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well, how are you? Doing excellent. We got a lot of stuff to talk about here today from takeover on Sunday, a lot of thoughts on that, the fallout from NXT, a tale of two shows in my opinion, as well as picks, predictions, and previews for Sunday's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view and everything else that's happened in the last couple of days and going forward into the weekend. Uh, real quickly though, because I know our Dynamite thoughts and reviews have been kind of scattered just with uh, Dynamite airing on Fridays for the past month. They won't be returning to Wednesdays until the 30th of June. Uh, they're airing on Friday again this week, Saturday the week after that, headlined by Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy for the AEW World Championship. We spoke a bit about it earlier before we went live here, but I want to get your quick thoughts just to get some AEW talk here on the show uh, of what you can remember from last week's Dynamite. <laughs> I took notes, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> Perfect. I, I want to sound uh, like I didn't watch the show, so I got some notes down here. Give it to me. Um, quickly, I said Cadris Angelico. Not sure why they wouldn't push Christian at the level he should be. He's taken to the limit by a job guy who hasn't won a match since November. Got that ran down. <laughs> I mean, a decent match. I just like Angelico and Jack Evans are just losers. So, I mean, they haven't won a match. A match. Like I said, haven't won. He hasn't won a match on TV since November. I know he probably is on dark every week, but I mean, most people don't watch that. So, mm-hmm. that was whatever. Uh, Bro- Brock. The Brock's back, but we have Brock Anderson this time, not Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, wrong Brock. I think the, the casual fans are probably a little upset, but uh, so we have Brock and Cody next week versus QT and Aaron Solo. <laughs> that should be a doozy. Um, and also, we got the South Beach strap match. I know we just saw one with uh, Comorado and Dustin, so I know you're clamoring for the South Beach strap match. I'm super excited. That first Cody QT match was so great. It had me, you know, hankering for a second one. Uh, let's see what else we got. We got a trios match, which they call a six-man tag match, uh, with Penta, Pack, Eddie Kingston, and the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. I mean, do we really have to say much about it? it was just a normal <laughs> trios match. The Pinnacle promo I liked. Um, MGF was, I mean, I think guys just straight money on the mic. Honestly, could care less about this inner circle feud. The whole, like, beating up the limo felt like Raw 1998. Um, but I thought all guys were pretty good on the, on the mic. Not a, I think Warlow less, the better with him on the mic. I think he's fine. I'm not really looking forward to the cage match on, on Friday night, but I mean, it's going to be at, what's the show at 10 o'clock. So you got to kind of hook the fans there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I have written down. Um, the main event was fine for what it was, uh, hangman and uh, 10 versus, uh, Brian cage and powerhouse Hobbs. I just, I think the split is way too early for Team Taz. I feel like they never like shot straight to begin with, so why would anyone really care that they broke up? But I, I'm assuming we're going to get like Cage versus Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs because Ricky Starks is hurt. So it is what it is. Not a huge fan of them breaking up. I, I, I think they had way more potential than if the group's already going to end what they have now. But besides that, that's what I thought of AEW. If I missed anything, it must not have been worthy enough because I didn't put it in my notes. 
Well, I thought it was a better show than the week before. I think expectations were a little high um, the week prior just because it was the first show coming out of Double or Nothing, which I thought was a great show. It honestly is. It's like the inverse of NXT where I thought, and we'll get to this momentarily, I thought TakeOver was a solid, fine show. Definitely the weakest TakeOver they've done in a while, if not years. Um, but I thought Tuesday's NXT was one of the best shows they've done all year. Dynamite was the exact opposite. I Or with AEW, was the exact opposite. I thought Double or Nothing was one of the best pay-per-views they've done to date. And that Dynamite the following Friday was one of the worst shows I've seen all year from Dynamite. At least by Dynamite standards. Um, so I thought this past week's episode was good. One of the big takeaways for me, and you mentioned the cage stuff already. You kind of echoed my thoughts there. It's way too soon for it. Whatever. I don't know. I feel like we... I, I like Brian Cage a lot. I think he could be good in a babyface role, but I feel like we already have that babyface monster heel in uh, Archer right now who's not even really doing anything. He had a squash on the show, one in 10 seconds or whatever. I don't know. I really... I, I feel like putting Cage in that role without Taz as his mouthpiece, not too smart, but we'll see where it goes. The other big takeaway for the show for me... Uh, from Friday was the main event. Not that it was really anything out of the ordinary. We already talked about the cage stuff, and I just mentioned it there. But with Hangman Adam Page, um, he didn't pick up the win for his team. That was, you know, Preston 10 Vance. But with Page, though, I got to ask you this. Obviously, the end game of this whole Omega storyline is to have Kenny drop the AW World Championship to Hangman, as we all expect and want him to. Do you do it at full gear, or do you do it at all out? And I don't want to say if they wait until full gear that Page will cool off by then. Obviously, that's a possibility. He could cool off in the next two months, but, you know, before all out in early September. I don't know. I just feel like with the current trajectory that Hangman is on, unless you put him in another feud with MJF or something, which I would probably save until after he wins the championship anyway, I don't really know what more you can do with him that doesn't involve the top title. Um, they took him out of the number one spot by having him lose a little bit and not wrestle as much in the last month or two. That's fine. But I feel like with it being in Chicago, you know, St. Louis is going to be a hot crowd in November, but I feel like it's in Chicago, the same site where he lost the championship initially to Hangman two years ago. I feel like that might be the perfect place to do it. We might have already discussed this because I feel like we've had this conversation before. But I feel like coming off of Friday, that All Out should be the place that they do the title change with Omega and Page, unless they change my mind in the next month or so. Yeah, I think we touched base on this a little bit last Friday or last week when we talked, but I completely agree. I think All Out is the perfect time for him to win the belt. And not that I think he'll cool off because I just think he's so over right now with the fans, but if he keeps kind of treading water in these kind of weird seemingly few just to kind of keep him busy in the interim it'd be weird if they didn't do with him and him and omega all out i mean it's still two months away i I guess they could do some of these more one-off kind of random feuds but i I think the time is now for him i mean he's so over the crowd he's been great I, i mean the longer you wait the more that this could possibly go south or the fans could kind of be over him at this point so i i would do it at all out it makes much makes sense to be two years after he tried to go for the world championship against Jericho. I think I think it makes too much sense to not do it there. Yeah, no, I just think it might be the perfect place to do it, and maybe he finds a hot feud between now and then that changes my mind. But I don't know, just based on the current trajectory, that's what I would probably do. Um, you mentioned the Christian Cage and Helico match. I didn't really have as much of a problem with it as you did, but I, I totally understand where you're coming from, though. I don't think those are, you know outrageous concerns about Angelico just being a loser, which he absolutely is. The hybrid two is not one jack shit on dynamite. Probably ever. I think they beat top flight like a year ago, but other than that, I don't think I've seen them on the show in a meaningful role in a long time. So he loses to Christian, whatever. Obviously the bigger feud here is Christian and Matt Hardy. I want to get your thoughts on this um, because it gives Christian something to do. I'm a fan of both guys, but I absolutely understand what everyone's saying here. It's just, been there, done that, dude. I know they haven't had a million singles matches over the years. Like, it's not John Cena, Randy Orton. They've only had, I think, two over the last two decades. But, you know, the history dates back 20 years. Hardy's not the in-ring guy that he was 5, 10, 15 years ago. Same with Christian. Christian can clearly still go. I don't think Hardy's capable of having that type of match at this stage of his career. I don't know. I just want to see Christian in there with fresh guys. That's probably why I didn't really mind the Angelico match as much, because it was at least something new. I feel like a Cage-Hardy feud, yeah, keeps Cage busy and gives him a win, but, like, shouldn't Private Party be the bigger focus of that stable? Because I feel like they've kind of gotten lost in the shuffle on this whole Hardy thing. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I can see why people are complaining. I mean, 
Christian versus Matt Hardy in 2021 doesn't really do a lot for anyone. I get where you're coming from, that it is definitely fresher, and maybe that's why you like the Angelico match more than I did, but I don't know, I just feel like Christian, like, they say he's got to outwork everyone in every match he's had. It's been, like, 50-50, and he's been taken the limit by everyone. So I just feel like Angelico or Angelico is one of those guys that he could have, like, got a quick win over, and then you could have continued, I guess, this Matt Hardy feud. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think just, like, whenever someone old comes back, you kind of want them to see them go with the younger talent. But I feel like even in WWE, they always kind of – go back to the well with like these older old time guys when they could just like do something more fresh. But I guess maybe that's where they think draws better is Christian versus Matt Hardy than him versus private party. Yeah. Or something along those lines or Christian versus, I mean, clearly it looked like to me anyway, they were building to Christian versus Ricky Starks before he got hurt, which I think would have been great. And hopefully at some point we can still get that, but I don't know. I just feel like Christian and Matt Hardy, it's not the worst feud they could do. It's not like they're pairing them up with like fucking Luther or something, but it's like, I don't know, I see Christian and Matt Hardy exchanging finishers on the show like it's WWE ECW circa 2009 or something. So, I don't know, if it's a match I could play in an old video game from 15 years ago, it's probably not the best sign that you're doing the right feud. Um, But we'll see where they go with it. Again, I don't think it's going to happen at all out. They'll probably just do it on TV and then move on. Uh, I am curious what they're going to do with Cage, though. Maybe they have him and Miro go one-on-one for the TNT Championship because Miro clearly doesn't have much direction as champion. He beat Uno on Friday, but... You know, he doesn't have that next set feud for that championship. Um, And one more thing, they announced on Wednesday, actually, that AEW is headed to New York City for the very first time. I think it's called Arthur something stadium uh ash stadium i believe it is arthur arthur ash stadium i'm pretty sure is what it's called in queens it's like a tennis stadium over there which is kind of cool um i think the biggest stadium they've run to date for maybe any show they've done um maybe just dynamite i'm not sure about the pay-per-views but definitely one of the bigger stadiums they've run to date um i think that's pretty cool we're going to dynamite in boston unless they move it which at this point i doubt they will in early September that's in later September um do you think it's a good idea for AEW to be branching out into these bigger stadiums at this stage and uh what what are your thoughts on that because I I think it's cool it's a different setup and I think Jericho had said they didn't go to Barclays or MSG just because that's kind of WWE territory which you know makes sense that doesn't really you know doesn't really bother me I, I think it's cool that they're branching out I don't know if they'll be able to fill it but we'll see no, I think it's a good idea. I mean, it's. I, I mean, I don't think they'll they'll be going to any of the big WWE arenas anytime soon. Like you said, it's like WWE territory. They're not gonna. I think they they know what they have with WWE. They're not gonna risk a relationship if they're just gonna have an AEW show that might not sell out. So, I mean, I I think going to a different stadium, like you said, it's not like they're going to like like a, a barn or anything like that. Like I like the arena. They I actually really like the Gas Arena when where they have uh, where we're gonna be going to Dynamite yeah. in Boston. But Obviously, a college college uh, arena, which so it is a, lo- a lot smaller than your normal NBA arena. But I mean, it's it's definitely new, and it's gonna. I think the stadium is outside, so interesting to see how it looks from there. But uh, I think they'll get a good crowd. I think Northeast is just always has good wrestling crowds. Yeah, no, I I, I like the uh, Boston arena that we went to a couple of years ago, and that we're going back to in September. So no, it should be good. I'm glad they're finally branching off into New York. It is weird though that we're getting all these. New York, Boston shows from AEW, but WWE, of the 25 cities that they're going to on this upcoming tour, they're not coming to the Northeast at all. Rhode Island, Mass, Connecticut, New York, uh, New Hampshire, none of those states are in the conversation. I think maybe Pennsylvania for Money in the Bank, but that's about it, um, which is a little surprising. Uh, real quickly, kind of on that note before I forget, did you see the rumor that they might want to get The Rock for Barclays for Survivor Series in November? What What do you think the possibility of that actually happening is? Um, I don't know what the possibility of it, but I think depending on what the story is and how they go to SummerSlam, I mean, if Roman's still champion, he faces Cena like they're one or rumored to, and he beats Cena, I mean, The Rock would kind of be the next big thing, so... I mean, it would make sense to a point. I mean, I think I would save it for WrestleMania, but I mean, if I would save it for WrestleMania, I like Survivor Series, but I mean, the show hasn't been shit in forever, so mm-hmm. I, I guess that would make it seem like a bigger deal than it usually is. But I would wait for WrestleMania if possible. But if not, the story makes sense. Have him face Rock at Survivor Series. If you can do it, do it, and then I mean, I guess you have Roman hold the belt to Mania, then give someone an amazing rub, but. Um, we'll see. 
Yeah, well, I don't know if they would do Roman and Rock at the pay-per-view or just set it up for Mania or do something along those lines. Um, and I say that just because it gives me Survivor Series 2011 vibes when they went to not Barclays, but Madison Square Garden at that point. The same arena where he debuted in exactly 15 years earlier at Survivor Series 96. That was the 15-year anniversary. This is going to be the 25-year anniversary, so it would be cool if they got him for the show. I don't think they will. I don't know what a sketch... I mean, I feel like that's just like, oh, you know, that'd be cool if we got him, but... He's the busiest dude in the world, so I don't think they'll be able to. But it would be cool if they did, and they haven't done a major pay-per-view of Barclays in a while, so we'll see. Uh, time will tell. Let's get a takeover from last Sunday. I'm going to get your thoughts on this. Uh, we don't have to really go match by match here, but you know, I, I just want to get your overall thoughts on it, and we'll kind of dive in from there. Um, but, you know, we had the tag team title North American winner-take-all match to kick off. We had Xylee and Mercedes with Xylee winning. Uh, LA Knight beating Cameron Grimes to become the new million-dollar champion what I thought was a very good ladder match. Uh, Raquel retaining the NXT Women's Championship against Ember Moon. And then Karrion Cross putting to sleep Kyla O'Reilly in a match that also involved Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne in a fatal five-way main event to retain the NXT Championship. So, um, like I said earlier, I thought it was a solid, good show. I enjoyed it. The thing with this takeover there, compared to the other ones they've done in recent months, years, to me, and you watched it about a year ago, I remember we had this conversation a long time ago, but this to me felt like the equivalent of what that Fatal 4-Way show was seven years ago, where it had a great fucking kick-ass main event, but then the rest of the card was as generic as could be for a takeover. Like, they had freaking Enzo and, and Marcus Lafort, or whatever the hell his name was. Marcus Louis or Sylvester Lafort, whatever the fuck it was, um, in a hair versus hair match. They had, like, the Vaude Villains and the Lucha Dragons. Just a bunch of matches no one gave a shit about. Or maybe it was the, maybe it was the Ascension. Um, like, this was kind of the same thing. I thought this was a good show, but compared to the usual quality of takeovers and the crowd being as dead as they were for most of the show, I just thought it was kind of a significant step down from the usual takeovers that we see from NXT. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the card on paper wasn't the sexiest of all time, but mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I was actually surprised how, I wouldn't say negative, but you were, I would say, a little bit more negative than you normally are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I thought it was a good show. I mean, obviously, I think, like, Zia Lee and Mercedes isn't, like, your typical takeover match, but I think it was more meant to kind of make, Xylee uh, seemed like a bigger deal, and getting a win on Takeover can help do that. Um, that was a good match, though. So I mean, I was pretty impressed with Xylee. I mean, I never was her biggest fan of all time, but I think she's come a long way. I mean, Grimes and and LA Knight was good. I think the wrong person won, but I mean, that's a subject to debate. But um, I mean, I think it's universally I've seen probably that's probably the biggest negative take I've seen away from the show is I think most people thought Grimes should have won here in in night one. Um, but uh, Raquel was good. I thought it was a good match. I think she's been great so far. Um, obviously, her and Dakota's the end game somewhere. Um, but her and Amber had a great match, and the main event was great as well. And I think it gave Kyle Ryle, kind of like Kyle basically was more willing to try to tap Adam out than letting Karrion get his back. So I thought it was a great story there. And they had a couple uh, throwbacks to Johnny and uh, Adam Cole in the middle there from. Mm-hmm from 25 in New York, so I thought that was great storytelling as well. So uh, the show um, the show itself was good. I thought all the matches delivered, and, I mean, it wasn't the sexiest card of all time, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to say I didn't enjoy it because I definitely did. I just think, I mean, you don't want to compare everything to other things, but, like, I think people have come to expect, like, absolute excellence from these takeovers. Like, even the pandemic takeovers, most of them have been pretty good. Like, the one that we watched the year place about a year ago, 31 or whatever it was, was a damn good show. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed War Games. I thought that was great. The two-night WrestleMania weekend one they did, uh, Stand and Deliver, I thought that was a great show between both nights. Again, I don't think this was a terrible show by any means. Just by the usual takeovers, didn't exactly live up to those expectations. But I did enjoy it, though. I thought most of the matches were uh, well-wrestled. I, you know, I already said with the Grimes LA night thing, I thought it was the perfect outcome because I thought the angle of what they did on Tuesday was perfect uh, with Grimes kind of cementing the face turn, you get the heat on night, the sympathy for DiBiase. I thought that was perfect, so you can kind of can continue that. Uh, the main event was really well-wrestled, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, I also want to talk about the fallout, too, because I thought the episode on Tuesday was actually better than TakeOver itself between the Tornado Tag Team main event. I thought that was a great match. Even Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai versus Caden uh, Carter and Casey Catanzaro, I thought that was fucking awesome. I thought it was a great match and way better than I thought it would be for a match that I, th- I figured would be a squash. 
Um, they had that stuff. They had the LA Knight Grimes thing I already mentioned. And then obviously, to open the show, Samoa Joe returning to NXT, which we all kind of, not assumed, but figured after the news broke. And again, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but shit always happens as, as soon as we're done recording here. It was like the next day after we talked that um, the news broke that Samoa Joe was reportedly on his way back to NXT. The rumors fueled up on Sunday, Monday, and now he's officially back in the company as like an executive enforcer for William Regal, which I fucking love. I think that's awesome. So um, a lot of stuff to break down there, but your overall thoughts on NXT and anything you want to talk about specifically. No, I thought this week's edition was, it was like, honestly the first NXT episode I've seen like live in a long time. I usually watch NXT on, on tape delay, but mm-hmm. The first time I actually watched it live, live, and I was actually thoroughly enjoyed. I thought the show, like you said, was top to bottom a great show. Joe coming back, which was great. Um, all the matches delivered. I thought, like you said, Casey and uh, Caden versus Raquel and uh, Dakota, I thought was going to be like a bona fide squash, but kind of made them look better. I mean, Raquel seemed like she was trying to like be like the over overconfident heel champion and they were kind of getting her every other way and i think that was a great match for them i mean the main event was amazing um the tornado tag match was great um i think both teams are amazing um kind of blanking on everything else but it was like i said it was the first show i watched in a while and uh i was thoroughly impressed your thoughts on Samoa Joe being back in NXT? He was released two years, not two years, two months exactly from the day that he returned on April 15th. June 15th, he returns to the black and gold brand for the first time in four and a half years as this enforcer for Regal. Clearly still not cleared yet. Um, your thoughts on him being back and why do you think he's back? Do you think that he, when he got released and, you know, their story before he got cut or when he got cut was that he wanted to be cleared. They weren't going to clear him. For what I, I I fail to believe that they didn't have any use for Samoa Joe. Like even as a public spokesperson, I've seen him do interviews and all this public media relationship they do with WWE. He's done a lot of that stuff, and the guy is amazing. He's an awesome ambassador for this company, in the ring, out of the ring, whatever. So to even let him go in the first place was stupid, even if he wasn't going to wrestle. Um, but maybe he tried to get cleared. And then, obviously, Triple H, the stories that Triple H wanted him back. He was a big Samoa Joe guy. He brought him in in the first place. You know, Triple H, despite what he says on these conference calls, has got to be pissed when he sees these people get called up and get misused. Joe wasn't, like, a complete failure or anything. He should have had more success as a world champion, whatever. Um, But clearly, he wanted him back in the fold. He got him back. But he's still not wrestling yet. Now, he did get physical with Adam Cole on Tuesday, which was awesome. Um, but what do you think the story was there and why Samoa Joe came back to NXT? Eh, I really don't know. I, I mean, at the end of the day, maybe it was one of those things that he wanted to get cleared. He tried maybe in, like independently to get cleared, and they're all just like, you probably shouldn't get in the ring. Like, Maybe it's just one of those things that maybe someone else kind of opened his eyes saying, like, yeah, honestly, at this time, maybe you should take it easy for a little bit. And WWE can't, clearly came knocking back. Um so I mean, it is what it is. I'm glad, I'm glad he's back. I think he's he'd be great in that enforcer role. It's, it reminded me of Stone Cold in 03. Like unless he's physically provoked, I fucking die when they said that. Yeah, I yeah. Thought it was, they should have brought Linda McMahon back for that. So she'd say, <laughs> um, unless he's physically provoked, I would have died. But uh, no, I mean, he's a better asset with the company than away from it. I think this new enforcer role is going to be great for him. And just seeing him on NXT TV already was great on Tuesday night. Do you think we will get him back in the ring at some point? Because I think unlike, I mean, I know, you know, Edge was gone for nine years. Christian was gone for like seven. I don't know if it's going to take that long, but I think they all come back eventually. They all wrestle again eventually. I, I don't think Samoa Joe will be any different. Yeah, I think eventually he'll get back in the ring. Um, just timing's kind of, it all depends on timing, I guess. But, I mean, it was great to see him back on, on Tuesday night. Most definitely. Uh, is there any match based off the current landscape of NXT that you would like to see Joe have? Now, obviously, by the time he's cleared in a year, two, five years from now, whatever, the, obviously the landscape of NXT will have changed dramatically. They could they could change within a matter of months. But um, is there anyone currently on NXT that you would like to see him face uh, from what they teased on Tuesday? I mean, him and Karrion's a no-brainer at yep. this point. I'd love to see him and Karrion. I just, and especially since Karrion doesn't seem to really have any threats at this point i mean he won on on sunday basically beat the top five guys they have going for him so i mean him and carrying would be great um i think like a hard hanging match with him and kyle o'reilly would be amazing um can't really think of anyone else at the top of my head but i think him and carrying's a no-brainer 
We talked about this over text, but obviously they're not building a Joe and Cross right now. What do you think they do next with Karrion Cross as NXT champion coming off of what we saw at TakeOver? Ugh, I, that's honestly one of the hardest things to think right now. I just, I honestly don't know. I mean, I think there's all the guys that he beat on, on Sunday night, I think most of them would probably have other directions. I mean, I don't really want to see him and Johnny. Um, him and Pete Dunn, no thank you. Kyle and Kyle and Adam are going against each other, so I, I honestly don't really know. We discussed via text, like, maybe they feed Swerve to him. Maybe. I feel like he's not ready for that. That's the only thing. Yeah, I don't think he's ready either, but, I mean, that doesn't stop anything. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He has the he has the heel group. I mean, he is a heel, so it doesn't really make a ton of sense. I think putting him against Bronson probably makes more sense. But they're doing Escobar and Bronson again, which I mean, come on. I love Santos Escobar, but I mean, the guy lost twice already. What what's another time? So he lost to Jordan Devlin and lost to Kushida twice, and now he's lost to uh, Bronson at least once. Yeah, I just don't think. I don't think he. I mean, Bronson just won the belt too, so I mean, I'd keep it on him for a, a while longer. So yeah. we'll see. I just, I really don't know what you do with him at this point. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. See, I, well, like I said before, I just think they might do him in. Well, no, actually, I was gonna say him and Kyle, but Kyle's busy with Adam Cole because they're doing that at the Great American Bash. Your thoughts on the Great American Bash coming back, by the way? Love it. Yeah, and no, I'm very glad they're doing that again. I don't know. I mean, they could always keep Cross off the show or do some like temporary shit with him before they do him and Kyle again. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like with the story they told, like, oh, Adam cost Kyle O'Reilly the championship, and that's why Kyle lost. I just feel like if you do Kyle, if you give him, like, four title shots and he loses every fucking time, then it's like, okay, what was the point? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, speaking of that match, do you think Adam Cole beats Kyle? Because I think that's the direction we're going in, because why else would you do another match? Yeah, I mean, that only makes sense for Adam to win, but then, I don't know, I feel like Kyle needs it more. I mean, Adam Cole's established. He's the, the longest-reigning NXT champion. I mean, he was great when he was champion. Had a lot of great matches. I mean, he's, he's main roster bound eventually. I feel like Kyle really hasn't cemented himself, besides the win over Adam, he really hasn't cemented himself as a singles guy. He's gone for the belt a few times and lost every time, so. Yeah. I mean, I think Kyle needs it more, but the way the story's telling, I feel like Adam's going to win. Well, I, I just, I say that because this isn't an unsanctioned match, and maybe Cole gets his win back here, and then they do a third one at TakeOver. I, I would be fine with that, and then maybe Kyle can win there, and then they can finally move on from it, and then Adam Cole can move on. I mean, I, we all thought Adam Cole was moving on a year ago, two years ago, whatever, but, you know, it's fine. I mean, it, it, it's it's bittersweet because he needs to move on and do something else, but it's like... Do I really want him on Raw, which is where I expect him to end up? Does he go to SmackDown and end up feuding with Cruz for, like, the Intercontinental Championship? Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm very skeptical. So, we'll see. We'll see. I I think the current landscape of NXT is getting kind of refreshed again, which is nice. Um, You know, they teased Frankie Monet going for the championship at some point. Io Shirai's back. Um, her and Zoe Stark maybe going for the tag titles, which is interesting. So, I don't know. It felt more like must-see TV on Tuesday than it has at any other point in, like, the last six months. Probably a lot longer than that. So, hopefully they can keep it up. Um, but real quickly, was there anything from Raw before we get to Hell in the Cell that really stood out to you? I didn't think it was a bad show, but... Um, I mean, actually, we had the debut of Piper Niven, or whatever the fuck they're calling her now, because they didn't call her Piper Niven. They pretended like they didn't even know who she was when she beat Naomi in, like, a minute. Um, so your thoughts on that and really the rest of Raw for Monday before we get to the Hell in the Cell predictions? I thought the show was fine. I think it was better than most weeks has been recently, so can't complain there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the hell they're going to call Piper Niv, and I do think it's funny. They're just like, who is this? Like, who is this <laughs> They don't watch their own shows. Yeah, that was just stupid. That's just classic WWE. But, uh, I mean, it makes sense. I'd rather see her in the ring than Eva Marie. I mean, unless she went to the school that Ariane went to, I mean can only imagine how much better she <laughs> God, remember when she went back to AEW and everyone was going crazy and she still sucks? And they were like, oh man, she must have improved in her last 10 years away and she was terrible and they have not brought her back since. <laughs> so, AEW signs almost anybody, so that's saying a lot. <laughs> She's not I mean, even on dark. I don't think Eva Marie got any better, so I'd honestly rather see her, uh, Piper Niven, wrestle for her and they keep this up than 
seeing you have Murray in the ring, honestly. I, I'm not going to lie. I thought what they did with Eve on Monday was perfect. I thought what they did was absolutely excellent. It, it was very reminiscent of what they were going to do with her when she was last here five years ago, and I really like that, too. Um, you know, she's not going to wrestle. If she does, she's de- she sucks, but, like, she's decent enough to where, like, for example, if we get an Eva-Rhea Ripley match, that sounds fucking terrible, but, like, if they kind of play off of this thing where she's not wrestling a ton. Um, like Lana, for example, they made her look competitive against Asuka in a Rhea Ripley. That's a fucking joke. She's terrible. Lana was awful. Eva Marie is no better. Um, I applaud these women for trying to get better. It's just, you're not cut out for it. You're in the ring. You're just not cut out for it. There's other roles for some of these people to be in. The same goes for the guys. It's not even a female issue. Like, I mean, Jinder Mahal, the exact same thing. I think he's terrible, but, um, I think Eva, what they're doing with her is perfect. And I think bringing up Piper Niven, even more than Mercedes, I think it was a really smart call. Um, but let's do get to Hell in the Cell on Sunday, because I think it's going to be, you know, a, a decent show. I said the same thing about Backlash, and I thoroughly enjoyed that event, or WrestleMania Backlash, I should say. Um, yeah, I just think it's going to be a decent show. Five matches only announced so far, so if they can keep the card to like five, six matches like they did at WrestleMania Backlash... Dude, I'm sold. Like, I don't know how much longer we're getting these shorter shows for. Fans are coming back in July for Money in the Bank, so probably not that much longer. But I love the two, two-and-a-half-hour shows. Fucking perfect. Um, especially if we have two in Hell and Cell matches. So we'll start from the bottom, work our way to the top here, beginning with Alexa Bliss, Shayna Baszler, coming off one of the worst Raw endings in recent memory. Um, They're going one-on-one on Sunday. This is an easy-ass win for Alexa, right? Like, there's no doubt that Shayna's losing... Yet another match on Sunday. I feel like she's becoming the female Bray Wyatt with all the pinfalls she's taken lately. Yeah, I mean, I think off of what happened on Monday, I, I mean, I like that. I'm finally glad they brought Alexa and put her back in the ring. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, I think her being Shayna's just an it's like inevitable at this point. Do you put Alexa Bliss in the title picture? I'm not actually. Oh, let me rephrase that. Not that you would, but do you think they will put her in the title picture after the Charlotte stuff is done? Do you do her and Rhea Ripley for the championship? Um, I, mean, I like I Alexa, it, but I don't know. I, I just don't want to see the supernatural bullshit in the title picture. That's all. Yeah, well, that's what you're going to be getting soon, so get ready for it. <laughs> okay, so you think we are getting that then? Eventually, yeah. I mean, why would you build her up just to not do anything like yeah. there, I guess? Yeah, no, that's true. Um, yeah, and no, I have Alexa Bliss going over as well. Speaking of the Raw Women's Championship, rematch from WrestleMania 36. I'm very glad they've, hold off, they've held off on this and they haven't done it on Raw or whatever. Um, I think what they've done has been uh, very smart. But you could check out, um, not, you know, you know, check out the, the first match they had. I thought it was a great match. I thought it was uh, very well done. You can also check out the interview I did with Charlotte over on Bleach Report. She plug. It's going to be here on the show next week. Who do you got going over here, Mr. Marceau? Charlotte, Rhea, Raw Women's Championship. I want to say Rhea, but I have a feeling that Charlotte's going to win. Mm-hmm. But because I don't want Charlotte to win, I'm going to say Rhea. So Rhea <laughs> lost to Charlotte at WrestleMania. Okay. I don't think Charlotte losing here or Charlotte winning here is going to be the death of Rhea. I really don't. Because I think no matter what happens here, Rhea has to go over in the end, whether it's here or at the next pay-per-view or at SummerSlam, because she lost last year and never got, never gave Charlotte her comeuppance. Charlotte at some point is going to get the belt back. And it, I mentioned this when I talked to her, but she hasn't held the belt in like two fucking years. People got to remember that. I'm going to go with Rhea, but I think it's going to be like some bullshit finish. Like You know how we saw the brawl on Monday? I feel like it's going to be like they just beat the fuck out of each other. I think either way, Rhea walks out the champion and then maybe Charlotte wins it in July or something. I feel like that's what might happen. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Rhea, but I wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte won. I, I, okay, so if Charlotte wins and she goes 2-0 against Ripley, Ripley will get her win back. I find it very hard to believe that they're going to feed Ripley to Charlotte again without having her beat Charlotte at some point. That would make no sense. And the company does a lot of stuff that makes no sense, but I feel like they're going to have Rhea win eventually. If they have her go Batista over Triple H like from 05 when they have her beat her like three times this summer, I mean, I guess I could do that too, but Charlotte's going to win at some point too at some point, I would assume. But yeah, I, I got Rhea Ripley retaining here. I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but that's my pick. Um, a third women's match. We have five matches on the show. We have more women's matches than we do men, which I think is awesome. I don't think that's going to remain the case, so we're probably going to need at least one more match on Friday, SmackDown or something. But, um, yeah, so far we have more women's matches than men, which is cool. But we got Bianca Belair defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Bailey. Who do you got going over there? Uh, Bianca. I mean, 
this is like Bianca wins, LOL. I mean, I like Bailey, but I I mean, I'm kind of over her in the title picture at this point. So, I mean, I think her and her and Bianca is kind of uh, her losing to Bianca is kind of a uh, dunk, yeah. Um, you think obviously they're killing time here. We've said this before, but you have Bailey lose. Do you do Sasha and Bianca and Money in the Bank, or do you hold off on that until SummerSlam? I would hold off to SummerSlam, honestly. I don't know what you do in the intro. Maybe you can do her and Carmella just as a one-off for Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carmella has won a lot on TV lately, so kind of build her up a little bit. Have her and her and Bianca at uh, Money in the Bank, and then just do her and Sasha at SummerSlam. Yeah, that's what I would do, too. Uh, so we get to the top two matches on this show. First for the Universal Championship. We'll start with this one. Roman Reigns, Rey Mysterio, your boy, on Father's Day, which is fitting. <clears throat> and it's going to be inside Hell in a Cell. I don't know why this stipulation is necessary. It's June. It's October. Time for Hell in a Cell. Fucking hate it. Um, obviously, Roman wins, LOL. But I'm really looking forward to this. I think the story has been great. The acting from everyone involved has been great. The angle last week on SmackDown was great. The powerbomb to Dominic was great. Um, everything about this I've been really enjoying, and it's a fresh match. So even though Roman's going to win, obviously, I think this has been a lot of fun over on the SmackDown side of things. Uh, Ray wins, shock wins. Just kidding, I love Ray Mysterio, but there's no <laughs> fucking chance that he beats Roman Reigns. I think they can just do, like, literally Roman can kick his ass, and then Ray just has, like, those little flurries of, oh, my God, Ray going to win? And obviously he's not going to, but... No, it's definitely fresh. I love Ray Mysterio, big Ray Mysterio mark. Love the fucking powerbomb on on, on, uh, on Dominic. AEW should take a couple hints on that. That's how you do... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. The camera cuts. Kind of land on like a crash pad, but it doesn't mean you have to show on TV. Yep. But uh, loved it. Thought that was great. Made Roman look like a bigger dick than he already looks. Just, I mean, it reminded me of when uh, Brock beat the shit out of Dominic, which, I mean, it wasn't as good, but I, I mean, I still get tickled on that. I love that when he pulled Dominic over the barricade and just kicked his ass. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I think this could be similar to what they did Brock and Ray and uh, Roman wins. No, I agree. Uh, Roman's definitely winning. I think Rey Mysterio in the title picture is cool for now. I don't think it's going to last, obviously, but uh, for right now, it's been a lot of fun. I think the story they're telling is great. He's already won half of the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, but uh, again, with Roman, if he beats Rey here, it's inside Hell in a Cell, so it's probably a one and done. What do you do with Roman at Money in the Bank, you think, before we get likely Cena and Roman at SummerSlam? You can do Jimmy Uso. Who's the one that him and Jimmy Uso and Money in the Bank? I wouldn't hate that. I could see that. I could see that. That'd be a great match. Um, yeah, so do you think the Usos get involved in this match? I mean, it's hell in the cell, but, I mean, who gives a shit? People get involved anyway. Do you think they're going to interfere, or are they, they they might stay away like they did at WrestleMania Backlash? I think what you do is you do, like, they maybe they get involved a little bit. At the end, they're all kind of standing together. They're, he asks uh, Jimmy to hold his hand up, and he super kicks him. Super okay. kicks him. And then him and his brother are like, what the, him and his brother fight, and then just walk off. And that's how you set up Roman and Jimmy for Money in the Bank. I'm more thinking ahead here, but obviously Jimmy loses. Do you do the Usos reunite from there, or do you do an Uso and Uso match at SummerSlam? I would reunite them, but I mean, I guess you could do it. I would just reunite them. If, if Roman loses, if Roman, when Roman beats them, then they can kind of fall in line just like Jay did, and then re, re, uh, Rejuvenate the Russos and they can be heels. Yeah, no, that would make sense. And then probably have them take the tag titles off the Mysterios from there. Uh, main event on the show, very likely Hell in a Cell as well. This one makes a bit more sense to be inside the structure. Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, the current WWE champion, clashing one more time for this championship. We found out on Raw last week that not only will it be inside Hell in a Cell, but if Drew loses, that's it for him. No more title shots as long as Bobby Lashley is the current champion. This is probably the most unpredictable match on the card. Um, this could go either way. I honestly got a feeling, and I like Drew, but I really don't want to see him win the belt back at this point. I got the feeling going into Raw, you know, Drew might win, but then he pinned Lashley in the six-man tag team match, which never happens. Lashley almost never gets pinned. Um, he got pinned on Monday by Drew, which tells me, booking 101, Lashley wins Sunday, which I think is what's going to happen, and that's what I want to see happen. Yeah, I think Lashley's going to win here. I love Drew, but... I don't need to see him win champion, the championship again. And like you said, him pinning Lashley on, on Monday night kind of cements that, that that Lashley will win here. Didn't make a mistake, though. It was a trios match on, on Raw. Not ah. eight, so make sure you get it right next time. Trios match. That is AEW would say. That's what they call it, even though there's absolutely nothing trios about it. I think we saw more trios and tornado rolls in that 
tag team match in NXT than they have in any other six-man tag team match I've seen in AEW TV. Probably. It makes no sense. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that match. They work well together. Should be a good main event. And that's Hell in a Cell on Sunday. I think overall it's going to be a solid card. Um, you know, again, it's only five matches. They'll probably include one more. Are there any matches that come to mind is what you think they might add? Because it looks like whatever they're doing with the IC title, it's kind of relegated to SmackDown and not continuing on pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even really know what's going on with the IC title right now. So, um, I mean, I think the card's good for what they have now. No need to clump it up. Maybe do something in the pre-show, but... What they have now is good enough that I don't think you need to add any more. Yeah, five matches is perfect, especially with two taking two taking place inside Hell in a Cell. You can have one open the show, the three women's matches in the middle, and then the um, Drew and Lashley match to uh, end the show. That's what I would do. But anyway, Mr. Marceau, there's been a lot of fun breaking down Hell in a Cell with you, talking TakeOver and everything else in between. Um, next week here on the show, we're obviously going to be reviewing Hell in a Cell and talking whatever else is going on in the world of wrestling. Any closing thoughts before we ride off into the sunset here, brother? Got nothing. Got nothing. No no closing message. I got nothing now. Go see a Sox game. Sure. We're home uh, next weekend. Home next weekend against who? The Yankees. Ah, Yankees-Sox game. Okay, I might be going to see a game this summer, so I got to keep you posted if I do. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Have a great one, Mr. Marceau. This is awesome as always, and I'll catch your ass next week, brother. Later. And that's going to do it for today's episode of WrestleRant Radio for June 17th, 2021. Appreciate Mr. Marceau, as always, for joining me to help me break down all the weekly ramblings in the world of wrestling. And like I said to him, we'll be back next week breaking down the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view airing live this Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a loaded card. Hopefully it's a good show. Either good, bad, or indifferent. We'll have a lot to say about the show come next week here on the show. If you want to check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio, you can do so every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode on Thursdays. And as I said earlier, coming up next week here on the show, Charlotte Flair, exclusive interview, potentially the next Raw Women's Champion, talking all about her coming match with Rhea Ripley at Hell in a Cell this Sunday, her current booking, a potential all-women show at some point. So keep an ear out for that coming next Thursday here on Wrestle Rant Radio. It's an awesome conversation. And like I said earlier, one of the nicest people I have probably ever interviewed. So that's dropping next week here on Wrestle Rant Radio, along with my conversation with Mr. Marcel, per usual, breaking down the world of wrestling. Until then, guys, have an awesome one. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews, and we'll catch your ass down the road.